on episode 510 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Sergey Young and discuss his book, The Science and Technology of Growing Young, an insider's guide to the breakthroughs that will dramatically extend our lifespan and what you can do right now. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 510. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness. The 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. I'm your host, Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with a specialization in corrective exercise and fitness nutrition. Let me be your coach as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic, free of fillers, and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. They won't take you out of ketosis if that's your way of eating. Your body is an amazing organic machine. The food we eat and drink is information for that machine. This includes adaptogens. These are compounds that balance hormones and help you deal with stress in a healthier way. If you're feeling tired, these compounds will give you a boost of energy. If you're stressed, they'll help you return to a natural state of calm. They literally help you adapt to the stress of life. This is why I'm a big fan of Organifi Green Juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. It mixes well with water or your beverage of choice, and it tastes awesome. This has become my go-to morning ritual. Organifi offers the best-tasting, high-quality superfood beverages without breaking the bank. Each serving costs less than $3. Easy, convenient, and cost-effective. Go to www.organifi.com forward slash 40 plus and use the coupon code 40 plus for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash 40-P-L-U-S and use the code 40 plus for 20% off of any item. Last week, I heard someone say Halloween is the start of eating season. Is that what happens to you too? How would you like to not be beaten by it this year? Introducing the 40 Plus Fitness Crush the Holidays Challenge. This five-week challenge runs from November 20th through December 24th. Stay motivated with daily videos, surround yourself with like-minded people in a private Facebook group, and crush the holidays this year with me, Coach Allen. The cost of this five-week challenge is $25. That's less than the cost for one pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks per week, and cutting just those five drinks will cut out 2,000 calories. Win-win. Oh yes, and win. There are weekly prizes, including some of my favorite health and fitness books, Amazon gift cards, 40 Plus Fitness swag, and one challenger will win an opportunity to do a six-week 40 Plus Fitness online training program I'm launching in January absolutely free. Go to crushtheholidays.com to join the challenge. Don't let the holidays put you further in the hole. Crush the holidays at crushtheholidays.com. Hey, Raz. How are things? Good, Alan. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Uh, kind of settling into my life back on the island, um, getting things going. Lula's is open 
And I'm happy to say that uh, Tammy got her first online reservation. Wow, how exciting. So yeah, that's, that's looking at there. I think they're, they're staying later, like um, in December, sometime around, you know, middle of December, something like that. But that said, you know, everything went through, she sees the reservation, uh, you know, it's PayPal's we're using that to process right now. She figures out the whole accounting and banking and credit cards acceptance, but basically ran it through PayPal and, and, you know, you can also use a credit card, but with PayPal, cause it's the way they're mm-hmm. all set up, but yeah, so looks good. looks like we're, we're on track and, um, she's got herself a bed and breakfast. <laughs> Yay. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm really excited for her cause you know, she's, she's a little nervous about all this and how things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, opening right as we go into the busy season. So it's not like she's, she's, we've run through with monthly renters. So as far as running the bed, you know, running the building, I think she's, she's comfortable with that, but uh, it's just going to be making sure that back end stuff of the booking and all that computer stuff is all working and people are sure. finding it. Um, so if yeah, if you're interested in coming down to Panama, uh, Lula's bed and breakfast in Bocas del Toro, and you can go to lulabb.com and that's where you'll find her website. You'll see some pictures, see the rooms. You can book the rooms, um, there, but, um, and if you have any questions, just email us and message me and I'll, I'll let you know what's going down. Sweet. That sounds great. How are things up there? Good, good. Getting cold. Saw some frost today. <laughs> run, run. <laughs> yep. run faster. Yeah. I'm in a taper right now. My last big race for the year is in a couple of weeks from now at the end of the month. And, and I'll, Mike and I both are actually running the Kelhaven. It's going to be about 33 and a half to my garments has said 34 miles. So it'll be my last big race of the year. I'm looking forward to it. So Mike's going to do an ultra, huh? He is. He's going to be official, officially good. official. Good yeah. on him. That put him in that 1% <laughs> yeah. of 1% of runners out That's there. That's right. Yeah. have done something like yeah. that. So good, good. I want to hear yeah. how that, how that goes for you. Absolutely. Sure will. Obviously cold, but um, yes. <laughs> you're not, you're not going very <laughs> yeah. far South to, to right. run that one. So yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy about that. I'm glad it's yeah. not going to be in the dead heat of the summer. So this will be nice. I think. Yeah. Mine was in March in Mississippi, so it wasn't too bad, but um, <laughs> yeah, it could have gone either way though. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, it was, it was in a, it was in a pine forest. So it was, you know, we would humidity and heat would have been the only problem in a mm-hmm. situation like that. Cause not a lot of wind, uh, for the most part, but, um, you know, it was, it was what it was, um, mm-hmm. but good, good. So, um, yeah. you got your big race coming up. Good luck with yep. that. Thank you. All right. So let's have a conversation with Sergey Young. Sure. Our guest today is a longevity investor and visionary with a mission to extend healthy lifespans of at least 1 billion people. To do that, he founded Longevity Vision Fund to accelerate life extension technological breakthroughs and to make longevity affordable and accessible to all. He is on the board of directors of the American Federation of Aging Research and the development sponsor of Age Reversal XPRIZE Global Competition Designed to Cure Aging. He has been featured as a top longevity expert and contributor on Fox News, BBC, Sky News, Forbes, and Thrive Global. With no further ado, here's Sergey Young. Sergey, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Hi, Alan. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm 40 plus, right? So I'm 49, and I'm turning my 50. Uh, in the next month. So um, happy I'm birthday. All for it. <laughs> happy Thank birthday. You. There you go. 
and I'm 55. So we keep you in the club even after you turn 50. So <laughs> you're, you're going to stay in with us. Okay. Love um, it. Now your book, the science and technology of growing young an insider's guide to the breakthroughs that will dramatically extend our lifespan. And now my favorite part and what you can do about it right now, right now, <laughs> you know, because you know, as I was reading through some of this and you even acknowledge it somewhat, it sounds like science fiction, but you know, if I start thinking back to the science fiction I read when I was a teenager, you know, author C. Clark and others, some of that stuff is actually happening right now. Well, we don't quite have flying cars like the Jetsons, but there's a lot of cool stuff that's happened just in the last 10 years that is really quite striking when you, you start thinking about where we were and how fast things are moving. And so, you know, I, I was really, as I got into this, I was like, this is pretty exciting. This is pretty exciting. And to know that, you know, at 55, I'll probably see a lot of what you talked about in this book come true. I agree. Yeah, we live in an exciting time. Like we can see in the next five, 10 years uh, from now, we're going to see just a lot of transformational and fundamentally different things offered to, to us and massively available. And we're going to go today uh, through the examples of what is, what is on the horizon, and actually in two horizons, the near and far horizon of um, longevity innovation. But what is more exciting, there's so many things that we can do right now to stay on longevity bridge while we wait for you know, all this revolution to happen. So that's, let's cover this today as well. Yeah. You know, I think when, when we use the term longevity, it seems that most people will think, well, that's just living longer, which is not really all that exciting. You know, like the, the queen song, who wants to live forever? Um, the reality is nobody really wants to live forever if they just keep getting weaker and weaker and, and sicker and sicker. So you, in the book, you talked about the three dimensions of longevity. And I think all three of them are important if you're really going to have, I guess what I would call good longevity, you know, the right kind of longevity, not just yeah. longer, but better. And can you can talk about those three dimensions of longevity? Yes. Yeah, so um, we actually use the term like in, in addition to lifespan, which is basically like quantity of your years, we use the term health span which refers to quality of your years or you know, the years that you, uh, within your life, with you, when you have um, kind of healthy and uh, happy state. So that's important as well. The good news, like all of the technologies that we are uh, supporting through Longevity Vision Fund investment, right? And through our pro bono work, they, they work both on health span and lifespan. It's not like, it's not like we're just trying to add, you know, five, 10, 20, you know, more painful years to your life. Um, so that's, I think it's important to recognize. Um, when you talk about three dimensions of longevity, I, th I think it's, it's very interesting to observe how the science of longevity and, 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 and the science of medicine uh, has changed <clears> through <throat> the last few decades. What we've done so far, and this is the first uh, dimension, we've been just uh, avoiding early death. That's, that's like the sole focus of the medicine, the sole focus of like everything which we've uh, we been offered uh, so far. And if you look at the figures, we've been pretty successful with that. So in the last 100 years, the average lifespan in developed world increased from 35, 40 years, 100 years ago, to 75, 80 years. 
today. So we doubled our lifespan, average lifespan on Earth uh, in the last hundred years. Well, uh, this is the good news. Like the bad news, the maximum lifespan, uh, which is today somewhere around 120, to be 122 years to be precise, because of this beautiful French woman um, who died 20 years ago, well, yeah, was still the same. So we've been, what we've been doing, we, we're just moving statistical average. A lot of people avoid dying at early age. And, and, and obviously, there was a huge impact of infant mortality, which was ridiculously high 100 years ago. Um, and well, that's, that's why this whole notion of medicine was just like making sure you don't die early. And currently, if you look at the 50 plus, like 90% of deaths, are happening because of four diseases, cancer, heart disease, um, diabetes, and neurogenerative disease. So that's like 90% of that. This, this is our killer monster diseases. And uh, I, I think we've done a lot in this field. What we haven't done so far is two other dimensions. One is life extension, just literally adding years to our life. That's one. And, and the third dimension, which is even more revolutionary uh, is uh, reversing aging. Right now, we already know all 3000 genes in our DNA, which are responsible for uh, aging processes inside our body and therefore they're responsible for longevity. So if you look at centenarians or you look at genetic research of centenarians, centenarians are people who live 100 years and beyond on this planet. Um, they all, uh, this 3000 longevity genes uh, tend to work better in their bodies. And so the idea is that if we can influence aging on many levels, including the genetic one, and make sure that all these 3000 genes work in a proper way, we can actually become younger. And that's beautiful. You can do it on genetic level. You can do it on epigenetic level, right? Like the way uh, these genes manifest itself inside our bodies. <clears throat> but even today, like on a lifestyle level, I've seen some studies um, where in the course of eight weeks, simple changes in sleep, uh, diet, physical exercise, only these three things, eight weeks, reverse aging, uh, reverse biological age of people in the study by three years. So they all became on average three years younger. That's fantastic. <laughs> and, I, and I like that you put sleep first because I, I, I highly, as a personal trainer, everybody thinks that's kind of odd, but I, I actually think sleep is the, the missing link for a lot of us as far as how It was the biggest discovery for me. Uh, like I, I, sleep is like the last thing that we think about when we're trying to, you know, redefine our lifestyle. And um, for me, the big change was actually reading... Uh, uh, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. It was my book of year 2019. So right out before that, I was just boring hours from my sleep. Yeah, I can do more sport. Yeah, I can do more work. I can spend more time on traveling. And literally, I was just sleeping like five, five and a half hours uh, during like Monday to Friday. And uh, after reading this book, you know, my rule is eight hours in a bed, which is at least seven hours of sleep. And I used a lot of kind of devices to track my sleep. So like, you know, Whoop, Apple Watch, Aura Ring, um, et cetera. Uh, so that's, that's important. I do remember the quote um, 
from my discussion uh, with Dr. Jake uh, Cradle uh, from London. He's the founder of um, one of the longevity clinics in London. So when we met first time, I'm asking Jack, like, Jack, what is the number one thing? What would, like, if you have literally one minute, what would you suggest? And he's like, Sergey, every evening we have an opportunity to visit uh, the best clinic in the world. We go to bed and we sleep. And I thought, what a beautiful way to underline importance of sleep on our hormonal health, like on all other aspects of our health. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic, free of fillers, and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. In our 24-7 always-on world, going without sleep seems to carry a badge of honor but that's not how your body sees it. Sleep is when all the wonderful things happen inside your body. Hormones reset and the healing and restoration happens. You know how much better you feel when you have a good night's sleep. Getting good sleep is a priority for me. That's why I'm a big fan of Organifi Gold Juice. With ingredients like turmeric, reishi mushroom, and ginger, it's designed to support rest, relaxation, recovery, and repair. It's a delicious and nutritious warm golden tea. I use water, but you can also use milk or a milk alternative. This has become a part of my evening wind down. Organifi offers the best tasting, high quality superfood beverages without breaking the bank. Each serving costs less than $3 per day. Easy, convenient, and cost effective. Go to www.organifi.com forward slash 40 plus and use the code 40 plus for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash 40PLUS and use the code 40 plus for 20% off of any item. Now, as we, as we talk about longevity, and one of the things I think we look at is, you know, we'll see that picture of the, the 95-year-old or 85-year-old woman who looks fit and is athletic and she's out doing, like living like she's 30. And then you see the 85-year-old woman that's in a wheelchair and can't really stand on her own. Uh, and she's lost all of her independence. And so I think we look at aging as comparing those two people, but they're the same chronological age. So when we're talking about longevity, uh, one of the concepts you brought up in the book by Carlos Lopez Oten was the nine hallmarks of longevity. And I think the reason I like, I'd like to talk about these is because it's, if you're starting to put together a strategy for your health, for your wellness, um, it's really important for you to understand the underlying tenets of what's going to help you get there uh, and why yeah. these things are so important when we're talking like we're just talking about sleep what does sleep allow us to do balance our hormones get our energy uh, systems working our you know mitochondria resting and doing their thing and so can we talk just I mean just go through them pretty quickly but just overview yeah. of what they are the nine hallmarks so um, for many centuries and decades we've been trying to to find and develop unified theory of aging and we failed like there is no unified theory of aging today. Like you ask different people in the scientific circles and they, they would give you like the different answers. So there, there, there are still a lot of uh, uh, people are working on that, but we, 
what we currently use in terms of uh, scientific framework for our effort to reverse aging and, and find age-related diseases. Uh, the thing which was published, I think it was back in 2013, and it's called Nine Hallmarks of Aging. Uh, and, um, and I do think it was pretty important work on by a number of reasons. So one thing, it shows you that you need to look to you know, basically all of them. There's no silver bullet for human health and performance and fighting age-related disease or the aging processes in your body. It's not going to be like in, in 5, 10, 20 years from now, it's not going to be like one silver bullet and, and, and one solution to aging. You always need to appreciate the complexity of human biology and, and looking at the problem of aging or your health and performance through different lenses and they all complementary. And, and probably in your work, Alan, you, you've seen it a lot. lot people kind of asking you like, what are the one thing that uh, I need to do to change my life and, and improve the level of my health and, and physical health and mental health? There's no such a thing like one thing. So, uh, so the first uh, important thing about nine hallmarks of aging is the fact that they none of nine of them, and they 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 mutually non-exclusive, right? They complementary. Uh, if you can use complementary in the context of aging and age-related diseases. Um, so, second thing, it gives all of us investors, entrepreneurs, scientists uh, an opportunity. Um, to look on a more comprehensive scale and, and influence different uh, parts of it and appreciate uh, the complexity of this cult. And I just want to, you know, I want to give our audience the flavor of what are the components, what are the dimensions of aging and what levels they're happening inside our body. So um, the first thing is, uh, it's called gen genomic instability, right? Is, is basically mutations uh, of our DNA, of our genetic code uh, inside our body. And sometimes they occur uh, uh, when we were born, right? So we kind of inherited this from our parents. Uh, sometimes um, it happens um, because of the external uh, environmental or our lifestyle choices um, uh, influence as well. But I mean, if you ask, scientists, uh, many of them would say that our longevity and level of health and, and actually happiness like 30 to 40% predetermined by our genetic setup. And uh, we've done a lot of progress uh, in this field. Like 30 years ago, it took 13 years and $3 billion for US to sequence human genome. Right now, it's just you know a few hundred dollars and a few hours. So that's that's really important. And <clears throat> as always, you've probably seen it in so many cases. Like the first step is just literally understand that. So sequencing human genome was like important first step to develop gene editing and gene therapy um, on the, on a later stage. So that's that's one thing. Well, second thing is. Um, it is about telomeres, and and some of you probably heard about telomeres um, before. So telomeres, in in a in a very simple way, it's it's almost like protective caps of our chromosomes, right? So like, and as so, what they do, they protect chromosome chromosomes, but then when uh, cells are going through divisions, right? They 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 basically worn out and um, it's actually limit uh, like a number of 
times our cell um, can divide. And um, with the time, um, uh, what is happening is attrition of telomeres, these protective cuffs. And that's why we kind of becoming older and then finally we die. Um, the third one, uh, and we already touched on this a little bit in the beginning of our conversation, is um, it's called epigenetic alterations. But what it really does is like, remember we discussed genes, but like it, it, genes are expressing themselves inside our body through the very complex mechanism. I'll not go you know, into details of that right now. But what is actually happening is um, you can basically influence the way certain gene uh, or genetic combination express itself in the body. So you don't need to change your genetic setup, right? You just literally can switch on, switch off some of the genes. And, and, and with the time, specifically in the last uh, probably five, 10 years, we've seen uh, a lot of positive developments in this field. So think about like one thing is to change your genetic setup and a genetic code. And, and this is really uh, important. Uh, and this is really expensive, sometimes inefficient, difficult, and risky. Well, the other thing, if you can you know, have an opportunity or ability to switch on, switch off some of your genes, um, and uh, that's, a, that's a different level of complexity. You know, it's still difficult, but it's much easier than just you know, changing your DNA. So that's... that's um, uh, important as well. Um, what else? Uh, you've heard about mitochondria uh, in our cells. So mitochondria is it's almost like a power plant. Um, this is the thing which are responsible for um, bringing the energy in uh, uh, within the cell. So uh, sometimes we, uh, what is happening, um, they uh, they become dysfunctional because of the you know, disease or a uh, particular medical condition. And it's obviously, you know, changed the whole work of, of the cells uh, that you, and then aging process starts inside your body. Um, what is more interesting, like stem cells uh, exhaustion. So uh, sometimes uh, the stem cells, which are responsible for our immune system, you know, overall inside our body, um, uh, we just run out of it. And uh, I don't know if, if you heard about the uh, organ called thymus. It's right here on our chest. Um, it, until we turn somewhere around 20, thymus are in kind of good, healthy condition. It's actually responsible for like high level of, um, high immune level um, uh, that uh, the younger uh, adults uh, and kids uh, have. Starting from age 18 or 20, Thymus starts to shrink. So therefore, your immune system has start to degradate, if I can use this word. And uh, therefore, it produces um, uh, less and less of the stem cells. And therefore, it has uh, lower ability to fight external and internal enemies inside your body and inside your mind, actually, as well. Um, what, it, what uh, and I'm just looking at um, these nine hallmarks. What I find also interesting is, um, yeah, there's a, there's a hallmark related to cellular senescence. So um, it's basically when we're losing the ability to take away dead cells 
outside our body. They just becoming, they, they just waste uh, uh, and the volume of uh, dead cells are um, increasing inside our body. And therefore it negatively influence a lot of processes inside our, well, first healthy body. Uh, so that's, that's basically there's a number of hypotheses and you know number of ideas why we age. But I, and I do think um, it's just very interesting to look at this from a different perspective and, and understand there are so many things that you can you need actually to influence in parallel at the same time to fight aging. And uh, we're looking at the companies in. Uh, probably all nine of these hallmarks. And it's, it's really interesting how science and, and technology can help us to fight uh, aging um, inside our body on many levels, on like genetic level, epigenetic level, on cellular level, et cetera. Yeah. And like you said, everybody wants a simple, wants a simple rule. Give me, give me one thing, tell me what to do. Uh, and we can see it's, it's really not that simple. Uh, but it's not outside of our control. And as particularly as technology gets better, uh, I think we're going to see better opportunities for us to fine tune like all of these knobs. You know, it's just don't be thinking about, OK, I got one knob that does everything, the steering wheel. Now you're going to be able to turn all of them. And, and that's where I want to talk about this, this concept of precision medicine or personalized medicine uh, that, you, that you've probably heard some things about. But the, the gist of it is this, is you, normally you go into your doctor and you tell your doctor what's going on. He does a couple things, maybe a couple tests, and then he comes back and says, okay, we're going to try this. <laughs> and the this that he's giving you, the pill or, or whatever the treatment is, it helps 80% of the people. Yep. And that means 20% of the people, it doesn't help. And so you try that and it, it doesn't agree with you or it doesn't work. And now we've got to try something else that helped 80 percent of the people and it didn't help 20 percent. then there's a third thing we can try and on and on and on uh but with precision medicine we're getting closer and closer to understanding why it doesn't help those 20 percent and why it does help those 80 percent and as the result they can go directly to maybe medicine number three and make that work can you talk a little bit about why why we're able to do precision medicine now and what are some of the things coming up that's going to make it even better so we're talking about completely different approach to medicine, and this is happening already, and, and it's the whole transformation will happen in the next 10 to 20 years. And it's happening with, like the main fundamental reason is that finally, we have an ability to process data um, related to human health. And um, before that, uh, it was all in the head of the doctor, right? that uh, he or she would need to like quickly grasp like what, what is the problem with you? Recall from his or her memory, like these symptoms, um, they usually mean that you're suffering from that, that, and that. And it was just a hypothesis, right? You can go through a certain diagnostic, it was pretty generic. And then there's like a set of protocols, like, you know, for this disease, you can try this, this, and this. It usually works for like 60 or 70% of people. You're right. And um, I, guess I, was, I guess I was just a little optimistic, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, we've seen therapists which are working like 40 to 50% of people sometimes. Um, so this is what happened so far. And, it, and as you can see from my description, it was very symptomatic. So you'd actually, you would need to uh, live with a disease 
until disease will manifest itself. And then, and then some of the diseases, some of the indications, it's solvable, but in some it's like dangerous, like cancer. Cancer uh, just a few decades ago was keys of that because people discover that usually and it's like stage four when disease manifests itself. There was not a lot of diagnostic uh, developed for that, uh, diagnostic tools developed for that. Um, and they all, you know, uh, pretty expensive, invasive, like colonoscopy, gastroscopy, uh, some of the cancer markers um, and a blood test. Uh, so what is happening now? Uh, well, the beauty of this, like early detection and, and prevention of the uh, diseases give us much better chances for recovery and, and, and sustaining the quality of uh, life. So um, stage four cancer, survival rates are 10, 20, 30%, depending on the cancer type, right? I'm just generalizing it, but it's, that's simply the figures. Um, so this is what happens when you just wait uh, until uh, disease will manifest itself at the level uh, when you just decide to see a doctor. Like early detection of cancer, uh, at like stage one, for example, recovery rates for some of the cancer types are 90 or even 100%. Well, that's amazing. And what is more important, it's cheaper to treat, treat early stage cancer. And it's much more effective in terms of sustaining the quality of your lifestyle. So that's beautiful. Um, so uh, how are we doing this uh, these days? Well, first of all, it's just a lot of it's, it's, it's generating and taking a lot of data. The whole feedback loop, feedback cycle, uh, and our ability to grasp this data is changing. Like, I'm, I'm wearing like Whoop and Apple Watch. You can wear Samsung um, Watch or Fitbit. It doesn't really matter. Our wearables are becoming personalized healthcare devices. And things will change. Right now, I'm using this to count like 10,000 steps a day. Thought you can use Apple Watch to do electrocardiogram to detect five different uh, type of arrhythmia. Um, uh, or, I mean, if you fall down on the street, it can call ambulance for you. So that's just the early signs of uh, this becoming diagnostic devices. And um, uh, for, so a lot of data needs to be collected and can be collected today through different diagnostic tools, including wearables, uh, DIY um, boxes, et cetera, and, or like full body MRI, CT, et cetera. So that's kind of one thing. This whole feedback cycle has compressed. You can actually detect a problem really early rather than wait for your you know, annual discussion with doctor and uh, see if something wrong with your body. Second, um, uh, we finally have artificial intelligence to process all this data. And this is extremely important. Like, I mean, if you look at statistics, uh, I, I know the figure for US, I think it was 25 to 30% of all data uh, in US are health related. It's just massive amount of information, which uh, there's no way the human being can process that, even in the context of one person. So um, that's the beauty. Like last two years when I've done annual screening, my full body MRI was first scanned by artificial intelligence. And then I had a discussion with radiologist. And just to give you a little bit of uh, flavor of that, um, average radiologist working under time pressure, which 
I would assume their uh, everyday uh, condition uh, can detect early stage breast cancer from MRI, uh, from a scan in 38% of cases, because it's early stage, right? You're not sure, or it's not detectable with human eye. But if you empower the same person with artificial intelligence, the detection rate goes up to 98 to 99%. Can you mention that? So that's that's the beauty of that. And then, then yeah, I mean, and, and this is, uh, we're talking about MRI. You know, we, we have a lot of diagnostic tools right now. You can look at your genomic setup. Uh, uh, you can look at your microbiome. Um, and, and, and we just go on and on. There's so many data we can collect about our physical and even mental health. Uh, which is like super helpful to define the therapy, the intervention uh, for you personally. So it's it's much, much earlier. It's much more personalized. It's obviously data-driven uh, and technology-based. So that's like a new version of medicine that we are um, currently creating. Yeah, and it, it does uh, the huge thing of eliminating human error in, in most of these cases because it's it's got a lot more capacity than than any of us would have, uh, even as a collective group. Uh, it's 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 going to outperform us. It is. So uh, the other important thing is is actually it's not only eliminating human error, but it's it leaves human uh, uh, like the most interesting and enjoyable part of work. Right? You don't need to spend like thirteen minutes to go through the scan. You can enjoy. You know, I enjoy discussion with my radiologist for like thirty minutes. Um, and uh, this is amazing. More human interaction, more focus on your needs, on your particular situation, and you know more emotions. And uh, what I also like about this whole thing is there's more convincing power that I can get from this conversation with doctor. Like he or she can tell me, like, well, Sergey, you need to change that, that, and that. You know, try this change. So I'm on the path uh, for. Um, like improvement and optimization and doctors you know, uh, can spend more time working with me, trying to convince me and support me on this path. Cool. Now, another topic I wanted to get, into, get into, and just to preface this, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. You're not a medical doctor. Uh, so we're just talking about this from the perspective of just understanding what this is and maybe some of the, the issues that'll come up with it is stem cells. So uh, more and more, we're hearing about these stem cell treatments. Uh, as you said in the book, only a fraction of them, a small number, have been FDA approved. So there's these people popping up with stem cell therapies, and they're very promising. You know, the, the science is extremely promising. They can show you study after study after study that shows really great things, but uh, it's not all upside. But in the future, it, it might be a very important therapy. Uh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what, just generally what it is and what we should be mm -hmm. watching out for if if that comes up in a conversation with, with our doctor or a clinic? Mm -hmm. Okay, so stem cells. Um, well, uh, these are the cells uh, uh, which has the potential to develop itself into you know any other different type of cells in our body, right? So they, they're pretty generic. Uh, they are responsible for our immune function and it, they basically serve as repair system inside your body right so uh 
they 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 can become you know specialized you know like uh become a blood cells or you know muscle cells or brain cells and that's that's really important uh repair mechanism uh, uh, developed for us by uh mother nature so uh, having said that so that's that's important and it's great that we discovered number of interventions and treatment and approaches to use stem cells in treating different conditions um so that's kind of good news the 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 bad news they still at really early stage of um going through the trials and really early stage of regulation so um i do believe that that if you're if you have particularly a difficult uh condition and it's a matter of uh life and death for you you can um take a look at uh, stem cells, you know, treatment and interventions uh, today. So you just need to be much more considerate with your choices of uh, treatment. Um, uh, for the rest of us, uh, I do think it's kind of okay to wait another five to 10 years until, you know, all of this will go through um, FDA approval cycle and we'll get more clarity, not only on kind of uh, potential benefits of using stem cell treatments, but on potential downside uh, effects as well. So, um, and that's why, like, I, I, as you can imagine, right, I'm part of longevity community. I'm really passionate about this whole thing. I've been offered so many times uh, to do you know, stem cells. And what, what I don't like, well, like, well, Sergey, uh, we cannot do it in the US, you know, come to, I don't know, Costa Rica or uh, Panama uh uh or uh you know in bahamas and we're gonna do it there like why should i uh so i'm 49 and uh, i do believe that at least for another you know 10 uh, probably even 20 years this combination of you know my lifestyle intervention you know early diagnostic uh use the benefit of technology which technology can offer to us today is, is, is a great plan to stay on longevity bridge. And, and in five, 10, 15 years from now, uh, that we're gonna see more uh, regulatory approvals in, in, in the field of regenerative medicine, whether it's stem cells or organ regeneration or organ replacement and uh, a lot of different things. And, and not only that, like uh, the major part of my book about the near horizon of longevity uh, innovation, yeah, so you've seen it, Alan. And uh, a number of chapters, then we go through like DIY diagnostic, um, regenerative medicine, uh, genomic medicine, like which is gene editing, gene therapy, etc. And And this is all very promising. Uh, what I like that we're going to see almost like a mix, a combination of you know different breakthroughs in different areas, which can be used for our specific, uh, special, uh, specific situation. Like um, the other thing which will which we will see in the next ten years is uh, longevity in the pill. So it's going to be new, completely different class of drugs which would address aging problem in its core. So right now, like every drug should should have an indication on and it should fight particular disease. They they disease specific, but we're going to see completely different drugs which will influence aging processes inside our body and therefore will help us to fight and minimize uh, risk of getting age-related diseases as we discussed this cancer heart disease diabetes neurodegenerative diseases as well so I'm, I'm really excited it can be existing drug 
reposition and repurpose like metformin, the old diabetes generic drug, or rapamycin, immunosuppressant, uh, or it can be drug developed with the help of artificial intelligence. Like in Longevity Vision Fund, we invested in two companies uh, which use artificial intelligence to compress the drug discovery cycle. And they, they do impressive things. And, and uh, for uh, the audience to know, like developing a drug is like super expensive exercise. It's like in the US, it's 12 years, it's $2.6 billion for the average drug to develop. So our AI technology, big data, um, you know, will help us to um, compress this process and make it cheaper, more efficient uh, as well. But there's so many exciting things happening. Like um, my other uh, uh, favorite example is uh, what we discuss in the field of um, gene editing and gene therapy, like genomic medicine. Uh, remember uh, uh, the case that I brought that, you know, first human genome has been sequenced in the course of 13 years. They actually wanted to stop, I think after the first two years of the exercise, because in the, in the first two years, they, they managed to sequence only 1% of genome. That's it. The whole story is in the book. It's amazing. Like fast forward today, we are all participating in the global experiment in the field of gene therapy because mRNA vaccines like Moderna, some other, uh, COVID vaccines are the outcome of um, uh, gene therapy work. And uh, well, for me, it's positive. Uh, not sure about the rest of the audience. And uh, like, I was just looking at the article uh, a couple of months ago, and it starts with Moderna vaccine has been developed in the course of two days. This is amazing. They obviously, they put a lot of work before that, right? It's probably was de you know, decade plus even more and a lot of great scientists and entrepreneurs work on that, but just an ability to develop vaccine against the new virus. And I, and I think we managed uh, to sequence genome of the virus in just in the course of days, if not weeks, after we discovered that this dangerous thing called COVID is uh, here on the planet. So this whole COVID response, I, I know, I do know there's, there's just a lot of skepticism and criticism uh, in almost every country that I went in terms of the COVID response, because we were fighting with a known enemy. But the rest is like, it's just amazing. Like, see how fast we've been able to sequence genome, uh, develop different tests to test against coronavirus, develop vaccines. Uh, so I'm, I'm really amazed by our ability to respond. Like 100, 200 years ago, if we would have COVID on earth, uh, 25 to like 50% of population would just die. Yeah. It, it would have been so much different than the Spanish flu, yeah, which, you know, yeah. that we just, we just toughed out for the most part um, and did some things, but in a, a two-year process, which I guess we're going to go through a two-year process here too, but uh, in the, in the realm of it, you're right. We do have to kind of open our minds to the, the fact that medicine will move faster, not slower. Things are going to be introduced that are, brand new that we would never have conceived of even years ahead. You, in the book, you talked about the, the first uh, the Orville brothers and flight and how it was 500 years in the making. And they went against the paradigm, which was you have to flap like a bird to build an airplane. And even after they flew, it, it took a long time for people to recognize that that's actually still possible. It's possible. 
just because one person did it, they didn't feel comfortable that everybody yeah. should do it. Yeah. And now almost all of us at some point in our life, anyone listening to this podcast has gotten into an airplane at one point in their life and yeah. traveled across the country. Uh, and it's opened us up to all these freedoms and opportunities to see uh, things we would never would have seen in the past, uh, not without huge time investment. And so I think that's the, the concept here. That's what's so exciting about your book. You give us the near term and I, you know, I, we would be on this call for hours if I went into the long term because that's so exciting. I would let you off the call. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> I just want you to know. Uh, Look, I'm going to be living another 150 years and, yeah. and, and majority of us are going to be living longer or radically longer that we expect. So we have time, Alan. Yeah, we have time. Uh, then I'll get you on again. We'll talk about that. Uh, Sergey, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Mine. Oof. Um, okay, number one, it's important of um, early diagnostic. And I always say like the most important day of your life every year is the day of your medical screen. That's, I do think it's super important. We underestimate. You can even imagine, I'm I'm investor, I'm not MD. I saved so many lives just by pushing people doing screenings. So that's one. Um, the second, I think, is, is importance of the diet. And we delegated all our diet choices, like in terms of quantity and quality of our food. Uh, to other parties like you know big food you know, supermarkets government uh, etc so it's time to take back control and recognize the uh, the importance of uh, of the food uh, and this is like the easiest way to influence our epigenome this is the easiest way to make us healthy and then body response to that is just amazing like if you switch to more plant-based. I'm not saying you need to like become vegetarian or vegan. You need to be like religious about this whole thing, but just like decreasing your calorie intake, you know, fasting, doing more plant-based, uh, looking at the, not only quantity, but the quality of your food, avoiding growth hormones, antibiotics, and equally bacteria in industrial meat and fish. It's it just, it, it, it's, it, it was a source of one of the most enormous change. Uh, that I uh, went through um, while responding to high cholesterol uh, crisis that I had uh, back in 2014. And the third thing is just recognizing this whole connection between mind and body. So our health and, and the way we age uh, and our biological age, like how young or how old uh, we are, is uh, very much defined by our psychology as well. That's it's extremely important. So my mantra, I know it's completely irresponsible, like to dream about living 200 years today. Like there's no way, given the today's science and today's technology, I'm going to be living to 200 years. But like every morning I wake up, my mantra is like, I'm going to be living 200 years in the body of 25 years old, man. And your body responds to that. I mean, look at the book. Uh, I think this part of the book called Think and Grow Young. And uh, there's so many studies, like if you literally believe that your age is you know, 5, 10, 15, even 20 years below your calendar, chronological age, uh, you will become younger. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I signed up for a Tough Mudder uh, in, in August. Um, so I'm training for that now. 
but it's so funny because all of my friends that are around my age, like you're too old to do that stuff. And I'm like, but it's fun. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited it about it, you know? And so, yeah, I completely agree there. Those are wonderful. Thank you, Sergey. If someone wanted to learn more about your book, uh, the science and technology of growing young, or just learn more about you, where would you like for me to send them? So, uh, the, well, the book is available everywhere. Uh, it's, again, it's called The Science and Technology of Growing Young. Uh, it's an important tool for me to change the world, to change our mindset, to um, push more of us to take back responsibility and control for our health and be excited about the future and recognize like it's new developments in medicine. And uh, it's been already uh, on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, USA Today bestseller, number one on Amazon in, in multiple categories. So I'm like really happy. This is the easiest way to connect with me, to understand, well, my religion, you know, my promise and, and exciting things which uh, we can do today and uh, in the next 10, 20 years. Um, you can go to sergeyyoung.com and sign up for the mailing list. Like every month we're signing, uh, we're sending out uh, amazing newsletter, translating science in, in the very simple words to you know, more exciting news. And, and I, I couldn't tell you uh, the statistics about this, like, but I was just looking at statistics for newsletters all around the world. We have one of the highest open rates and click rates and, and people are like really excited. And I'm not selling anything. I'm an investor, right? I'm, I'm just trying to change the world to bring affordable and accessible version of longevity. So sergeyyoung.com, sign up for newsletter or sergeyyoung200 on Instagram. Well, Sergey, I really appreciate your mission. Thank you for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you, Alan. You're doing a great job. So thanks for, you know, help all of us to spread this message across. And I just wanted to thank uh, our audience for being with us today. Stay healthy and happy. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Alan. That was a really exciting and interesting conversation about longevity. Actually, I don't think I've ever thought about how you can define aging, the aging process. I just, I just never gave it a thought actually. Well, you'll see it on Facebook all the time. They'll show you these memes where there's a woman that's 85 years old and she's still a professional bodybuilder. And then a woman who's 85 years old and you know, is about ready to kick the bucket. Um, right. You see it all the time because you know, we're all on our own aging curve. And some of, some of that is defined by, you know, how, you know, our genes, but they're finding more and more, it's really lifestyle choices that we've made all along the way that determine how quickly we get to go down that curve and how fast that curve crashes uh, to our end state. And um, if you're doing the right things for your body, you can, you can do some things to extend it. You know, we talked earlier and you was mentioned on the podcast that just doing some exercise, eating right, sleeping, uh, doing those basic blocking and tackling things of, of that we talk about here every single week, uh, mm -hmm. add years to your life. Well, Sergey said, uh, sleep, diet, and exercise, even for as little as eight weeks can reverse aging by three years. I've never heard that before. And that's astonishing. Well, we, we saw it, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but we saw it in COVID. If you have comorbidities, then COVID mm. is a scary thing. And age yes. is one of those comorbidities, but you see plenty of people in their eighties and nineties that lived through it. Okay. They got COVID sure. and they maybe suffered a little bit, but they came out. 
Uh, maybe it didn't even have to get hospitalized in some cases. Um, but if you had a comorbidity, if you weren't taking care of yourself at some point in your life and you find yourself further and down below that aging curve, then it's a killer. It's a killer mm -hmm. straight out. And, and so it's just kind of one of those things of yeah, the better you take care of yourself each day, the more likely you are to have another one. Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yes. And, 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 you know, that was one of the principles of why he, he's believing that, you know, 150, 200, or even permanence being effectively immortal. He <laughs> believes that those are, are possibilities for the human race, because he's, if science moves fast enough to add one more year within a year, then you've effectively pushed your age, your you know, your expiry date, if you will, yeah. one more day. And that one more day means you get what they get one more day to have science to solve the next thing that would kill you. And <laughs> it's literally, yeah. so, you know, we, we think about in terms of, okay, what's killing us, heart disease, cancer, uh, medical malpractice, uh, you know, the things that are killing us, many of them, most of them are lifestyle choices. But mm -hmm. that said, if you can have a newborn that's born and you're feeding it the exact diet that that individual baby needs throughout its entire life. It's eating exactly the nutrition that it needs. Um, then it's going to be a healthy baby. It's going to be a healthy teen. It's going to be a healthy young adult. It's going to be a healthy older adult. And the other things that would kill us, we start dealing with, you know, they, they have artificial hearts. Now they have artificial hips, they have artificial knees. And so the basic principle being, they don't know where the limit is, or if there even is a limit to what the human being can live. Mm -hmm. Because um, we haven't really pushed the envelope all the way, you know, we've doubled our life expectancy in less than 100 years. Um, and that's just because mostly people aren't dying as babies, but mm -hmm. beyond that it's, is people are living longer and we see it, we see more mm -hmm. centurions than there ever have been. Um, and you start asking them what they're doing and they're not necessarily doing it any special, you know, a drink, a uh, drink, a glass of whiskey and drink a smoke cigar every night. <laughs> You're like, you oh, never know. okay, well, I don't think that's <laughs> uh -huh. great health advice, but it, it so, obviously didn't kill them. It worked for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and, and that, you know, that kind of takes me to the next thing is, well, we don't even know right now why that is, why someone can do something or why something works for someone and doesn't exactly work for someone else. And that's where the precision or personalized medicine to me is maybe the most exciting thing mm -hmm. out of all of this, because it with artificial intelligence and all the data and things we know, you know, he talked about the hallmarks and you think about all those hallmarks. And if you were capturing that data for everybody or most mm -hmm. people, the data that you would have available and the things you would know about someone when they walk in there, it's the person comes in with the rare disease mm -hmm. and there's no way this particular doctor would ever have seen it because it happens to one in a hundred thousand people. And so he hasn't had a hundred thousand patients in his career yet. So he probably hasn't even seen anybody with this problem and he stopped because the symptoms, you know, it's a, if then, then that symptom, mm -hmm. try this symptom, try that. That doesn't work. Symptom, try that. And yeah. so what we're going to have with precision medicine is this opportunity for someone to walk in and all that data be there, the blood labs, the microbiome, the, uh, 
uh, genetic, all of it is all in there. And they're like, oh, you have a predisposition for this particular problem. And that's why you're having the symptom. Mm-hmm. And then you can just say something simple, stop drinking milk. And we're going to compound <laughs> you something that you take mm-hmm. for the next so many, you know, so many months or years, maybe, or maybe it is something you might have to take permanently, but at least at that point, they know uh, that it's worked for people mm-hmm. with your situation and, and how often and the likelihood based on your genetics and your blood type and everything, how it's going to work for you. And then over here, they know they're not giving you too much and they know they're giving you the right doses and they've said, okay, your opportunity for side effects is much, much lower. Oh gosh. That would be amazing to have all of that data aggregated into somebody's AI platform. And it would be so helpful, just like you said, with the side effects, you know, you go in and you've got a problem, you know, a gallbladder problem or a heart disease or something. And if they could look at um, things like your blood glucose or your cholesterol levels, maybe they could fine tune the, the medicine that you need to help to, to get healthier without having all of the weird side effects that are out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it will, it will trickle down to everything. So like, here's an example, you, maybe you just have hay fever, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you, you get, you know, the runny eyes, the runny nose, mm-hmm. uh, the itchy, the sneezes and all that. And you go into your pharmacy and based on your medical stuff, all that data, and you step on a scale and they say, okay, this is how much you weigh today. This is the exact dose of medication you need. It's an, probably still antihistamine, but it's the antihistamine mm-hmm. that's going to work best for you. So it's a particular one compounded a certain way at a certain dose and just enough pills to get you through what you're dealing with. So you don't end up with all these expired things in your, the medicine cabinet goes away because you don't Mm -hmm. need it anymore to store things that, you know, okay, I'm I'm probably going to get it again next year, but you only need three pills and you make it through the the pollen season and you're done. Mm -hmm. There you go. You got three pills at the perfect dose for you specifically for you. And it helps eliminate errors. It helps eliminate mm-hmm. overdosing. It helps Overdose, eliminate a yeah. lot of this, this, if then, then that, um, you know, they'll probably even know things like what's the propensity for you to be addicted to opiates and what, uh, you know, exactly how much pain medication does someone in your situation need mm-hmm. to get there. So it's not one of these, you know, the doctors overshot on the opiates, op- opioids, because it was easy. You're in pain. Here's an opioid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I need, I need, okay. Okay. And then they overdose or they, mm-hmm. they get addicted. And then the other side of it is now they're afraid to give you pain medication at all. Yeah. So they're on the exact opposite swing. Whereas mm-hmm. with AI, it's an AI driven decision. The doctor is there's a judgment call to say, Hey, this is, this the right thing. And then they can sit there and spend that three, three to seven minutes they have with you and just really talk about the risk of taking opioids. They say, well, you know, AI says it's probably not a problem for you. So here's, you know, a week's supply. If you don't need them all, please bring them back to the office so we can discard them properly. Yeah. You know, that'd be nice. Right. And, and they give you just enough. The dosing is just right for you. And so that you're getting the pain medication that you need without a lot of the risks, side effects and all that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the opportunity there is there and, you know, obviously 
people are working towards this because there's, there's money involved in medication. There's money mm-hmm. involved in uh, healthcare. And so people are working toward it, you know, and one of his things was he was really wanting to see when the medical society, when, when, when they'll start actually recognizing aging as an, an illness, as a way of dying, you know, almost no one mm-hmm. ages out at this point. No. Um, so very few people, very little money relative is going into aging. Whereas you talk about cancer research, heart, you know, disease, so much money is pouring into those because they were, they're seen as the killer in, in this, but at some point, hopefully with AI and everything else that's going in there, they'll start solving that problem. Why does this chemo work for this one and not for that one? And what's the best chemo for you? And what's the best mm-hmm. treatment protocols that starts working? and they become less and less a factor, there's still probably just going to be a point where someone just takes their last breath. Mm-hmm. And that's like, okay. So he's looking at it and saying, when aging is not just a comorbidity, because they will put that on your death certificate. If you are just really, really old and have cancer, they might put that on your, on your death certificate, but he's, he wants it to be a medical classification. So mm. businesses will start trying to solve aging as a problem. Uh, he invests in those types of companies, but they're little bitty companies, tech companies, typically that are coming out with these things. Um, and, and so it's the science is there, but there needs to be more money behind it before it really becomes the, the thing. Yeah. It's a big project though, because I can just think all of my medical records, everything's electronic. Now, I don't know when electronic health records became mandated and it might've been a state by state thing, but I probably have, you know, maybe 10, 15 years of electronic records, but they're spread all over the place because I've moved. But if someone could aggregate my data, even just my data from the different networks that I've had medical procedures done in, it sure would present an interesting picture for a doctor or even this AI to mash through and see what's in there and what they could pull out of that. So yeah. really, and, really and, be fascinating. And, and that's what it'll be. They'll, they'll say, okay, someone with this, this genome, with this microbiome, you know, that's this age, mm-hmm. um, these are the elements and things that they're most likely to see. Um, you could, you know, know, okay, yeah, you know, we talked about colonoscopies and screenings and things like that. You, you could know, okay, I need mm-hmm. to go, I need to go at age 45 uh, and get screened. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it's even something simple where you just know, okay, every year I got to get screened for something or the other, because I'm at a higher risk because of all the stuff we know about it, but you're improving your diet. You're improving your exercise. You're trying to sleep better. You're doing stress management. You're doing those lifestyle blocking and tackling things and not waiting for science to catch up to you. Right. you know, well, <laughs> there are things yes. we can do today yes. and, and we need to be doing today. Uh, which is why I think you guys are going to really enjoy the episode next week um, with Dorto, Do, yeah, Del Toro. Um, he's exciting. He's fun. Uh, it's about mindset, uh, but he talks about it. It's like you, you've got to lean in. You've got to put the weight on this. You got to make this happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And and he's absolutely right. So you know, just realize, don't wait for this science to come up and save you. Um, help you live longer, live better. The types of things we talked about. You know, the three dimensions of aging. Uh, don't wait for that to happen. You, you, every action you take today is a part of making those things happen. Well, I'm really inspired by the existing genetic 
um, technology today. And I think after listening in, I'm going to talk to my doctor about having my genetic testing started. And if I can get my mom and my daughter to get their genetic testing done, it sure could paint a very interesting picture of our personal health. And, you know, who knows between uh, my mom's data and my data that could help my daughter with, with her health and fitness in the future. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Data is going to be important. Uh, they won't have any. I don't think I th they might have some data on me. I don't know, but because uh, I I go to I've been all over. I've like you. I've scattered and yes. You know, in some cases, I don't think there was a computer record at all that I was ever there, well, yeah. <laughs> especially down here. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you know, it that will be that will be important. Uh, and if you know if you know you have a history of something, it's it's worth mm -hmm. definitely, and you do. So it's it's definitely worth going in and trying to get some of that data. Um, not to panic, not to freak out, but just to say, okay, um, am I doing the right things? Am I right. getting the right screenings? And those, those things we're, we should be doing, we know we should be doing, um, mm -hmm. that's going to be important. So for sure, if, if you like real science, it's some, some of it's science fiction-y because it's just, <laughs> we can, we can already do some of this stuff. We just haven't heard about it. And he's in the forefront of this because he's an investor in that space. So he's giving people money on the front end to do some of these, these things. So it, you know, and he does have this premise that he, he believes at some point we might just be immortal uh, <laughs> that we just That's continue amazing. to exist. You know, we have our normal life and we have our normal reproductive years and then we can continue. And you know, if you think about some of the most brilliant people or some of the most kind people or some of the most wonderful people that you've known, if they could have lived another 50 to 100 years, what would we be able to accomplish on this planet mm. with, with the people? Now, uh, there's a lot of ethical things. He gets into some of that in the book, too, uh, about living forever. Uh, and mm -hmm. what that what that constitutes, and is this something that just the rich people are going to be able to afford to do versus everybody else, and you know, all of those things are. He has a lot of that in there too. So if you like geeking out about almost science fictiony stuff, but it's that kind of science fiction stuff that isn't just pie in the sky. That you know, it's 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 real stuff that can be benefiting the human race. Uh, it's a really it's a really interesting read. He took all that techie, techie, techie stuff and turned it into a readable book, which is totally oh, cool. Neat. That sounds great because that interview was a little, a little bit techie, but not <laughs> terrible to follow. Right. But yeah. Well, and he's a businessman. So his, you know, his principles, he's, he, he can learn the tech or at least know the tech well enough to know where he wants to invest his money. Um, mm -hmm. And he's in that space. So it's a little easier for him. But yeah, he. I'm not going to say he dumbed it down for us, but you know, he, he made it readable. He made it something where you can look at it and say, Oh, okay. I don't have to know how the microbiome works. Um, I just have to know that it is one of the things that affects my health. And as a result, their ability to analyze it, to be able to, to maybe even make recommendations on how you can improve it based on what you eat or sleep or stress. Um, Cause they all have an impact on it. Um, then you've got, practical real advice that works specifically for you and, and all that's just really really cool and then of mm -hmm. course you know replacement parts um things like that <laughs> uh you know we uh -huh. uh, gets into all that kind of stuff too and and you know and just what constitutes being a human so it's it's an interesting interesting book if you like science and you like science fiction uh it's just a cool read and it's not it's not so deep that you know you wouldn't understand it he's not 
trying to throw yes. words at you, you know, that you wouldn't know or dive down so deep into a rabbit hole that you can't get out. Um, it's just some really cool stuff. That does sound cool. The interview was great. It was really fascinating to listen to this. All right. Well, Rachel, I'll talk to you next week. Great. Take care. Now, before you go, don't forget to go check out the 40 Plus Fitness Crush the Holidays Challenge. This five-week challenge runs from November 20th through December 24th. Stay motivated with daily videos, surround yourself with like-minded people in a private Facebook group, and crush the holidays this year with me, Coach Allen. The cost for this five-week challenge is $25. Oh, and yes, there's going to be weekly winners with weekly prizes, including some of my favorite health and fitness books, Amazon gift cards, 40 plus fitness swag, and one challenger will win an opportunity to do a six-week 40 plus fitness online training program I'm launching in January that'll be absolutely free. Check it out at crushtheholidays.com to join this challenge. Don't let the holidays put you further in the hole. Crush the holidays at crushtheholidays.com. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Delatoro McNeil and discuss his book, Shift into a Higher Gear, Better Your Best and Live Life to the Fullest. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.